You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 799. You know that this is somebody who's a little bit more short and to the point, and they're not going to really give you any reason. So you want to ask as many questions as possible because the motivation is going to lie in those answers. And the seller is not going to give you their motivation. They're not just going to straight up tell you, oh, it's because I'm getting a divorce right now and I need to liquidate this asset. No, 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 no. They're not going to tell you that stuff because it's their personality type to not do that. So you're going to have to make assumptions based on the answers to all your questions. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. You're listening to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hardy. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you how you can get the motivation out of a seller over the phone when you're wholesaling virtually. Getting the seller motivation is very important to do because it helps you in your negotiations. When you can figure out why the seller is truly motivated to sell that home, you can find the best solution to advertise or explain to that seller. Or a better way to say that is you can describe to the seller how you can solve that problem for them. And when you can do that, the seller is going to feel like they can trust you and they're going to be more inclined to choose your offer over maybe a competitor that didn't really convey that they can solve their problems. Another way I like to look at this is think of it as the seller's pain button. What is their pain button? And you want to push the pain button. And what I mean by push it is not cause them more pain, but you push it by offering solution after solution to give them the remedy from that pain. You wanna think up as many solutions as you possibly can and drop them into conversations so the seller really feels confident that you are the one that is gonna solve their problem. But what do you do if a seller is tight-lipped? What do you do if this is the poker face seller who is not showing you their cards and they're not really revealing what their true motivation is? What does this seller even sound like? You know when you're talking to a poker face seller when they give you some kind of answer like, well, you called me or anything's for sale for the right price. Those are the sellers that act very nonchalant and it's very common to want to put that lead in the dead section or the cold section because the seller doesn't sound that motivated. But there are some people that don't like being vulnerable and that's okay. Not everybody has to divulge their private lives. There are some people that are just more private. There are also sellers who are just good negotiators and they know not to reveal their cards. And hey, that's okay too. But does that mean that you don't figure out the motivation? No, trust me, I will figure out the motivation by asking questions. 
The first part in the process is I want to get the seller to like me and I'm using my initial seller script to do that. I establish trust head on by being very straightforward about who we are and what we do. I do not lie to them and act like I'm gonna buy their house and live in it. I let them know that I'm a house flipper, I often assign my contracts to other investors, and essentially I'm here as an, this is an investment property for me. I am not here to use the property for any other purpose other than make money. Sellers really appreciate this. They appreciate that you are not pretending to be somebody you're not because your competition usually is. We also try to find some type of commonality with the seller so we can be relatable to them. Try to be the seller's friend. Be friendly. If you hear a dog barking in the background, make sure to ask them about their dog. Or if they happen to drop any detail about their personal life, make sure that you take note about that and you ask them again in future conversations. But often you get sellers that are super tight-lipped and they're really not giving you anything to work with. And it can be tough. It can get difficult to get this seller to like you or at least to act like they like you. So when we get a seller like that, we usually mirror their energy. So if they're very quick to the point, you know, speaking, they're very short with us, then we're kind of short too because that is a sign that this person doesn't want to waste time on the phone. They really just want to get the offer and be done with it. That does not mean that they're not motivated to sell. That just means that maybe they're just really busy in their lives or they're just that type of person where they're not very sociable and they don't want to chit chat. That's fine. You want to mirror and match that energy. So you want to ask a lot of questions because if they are not going to initially give up why they're interested in selling, like if they're giving you any type of answer, like, you know, well, you called me when you ask questions like, well, why are you trying to sell? You know that this is somebody who's a little bit more short and to the point and they're not going to really give you any reason. So you want to ask as many questions as possible because the motivation is going to lie in those answers. And the seller is not gonna give you their motivation. They're not just gonna straight up tell you, oh, it's because I, I'm getting a divorce right now and I need to liquidate this asset. No, 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 no. They're not gonna tell you that stuff because it's their personality type to not do that. So you're gonna have to make assumptions based on the answers to all your questions. So let's talk about some questions and some assumptions you can make. If this is a tenant-occupied property, usually the motivation lies in that they don't want to be a landlord anymore. There's some kind of tired landlord situation. So I ask questions. I ask, how are things going with your tenant? They might say, fine, or they might say, well, they haven't paid in a while. There you go, you've got your motivation is that you've got a bad tenant. Or you can ask, how long has your tenant been there? What rent rate are they paying? The motivation in those questions could be that the seller has had the tenant for say 20 years and the seller cannot get themselves to raise the rent on that tenant. Maybe there's a loyalty there where the seller feels bad raising their rent because that tenant's been with them for so long. That's a very, very common situation where the seller just does not wanna be the bad guy. So if his answer or her answer is that it's some sort of below market rent, you know it's very obvious that they're not charging what they could, 
I can guarantee that that is their motivation and they don't want to be the bad guy and raise their rent. Instead, it's easier for them to sell the property to someone else and we be the bad guy. Often the motivation can be in the condition of the home. So you want to ask a lot of detailed questions about the condition, like when did you last replace the roof or how's the foundation? Is there any cracks in the walls? They will most likely tell you that everything's fine. So then you want to dig a little bit deeper and ask, when's the last time you remodeled? Now, this is a super subjective question because what's remodeled to the seller might not actually be remodeled. So you want to ask further questions like, when did you last replace the cabinets in the kitchen? When did you last replace the tile in the bathrooms? And that's when you're going to start getting the real answers. And it might be that the last time these things were replaced was in 1979 and the property is very, very outdated. So the motivation lies in the condition of the home that the property actually does need a lot of work. But of course, the seller is not going to say that. He or she is a good negotiator. They're not going to put those cards on the table. They want the highest price possible and they know that you're over the phone so they think that they can get away with it by just saying oh yeah the house has been remodeled or it's in good condition so it's when you ask these questions that you can now make the assumptions based off the seller's answer and just roll with your assumptions you don't need a sob story from the seller. You do not need to be invasive and ask them all these personal details because they don't need to share that with you. Just get enough where you can make a basic assumption with the situation at that property and make an offer to everyone. Even if the seller doesn't seem motivated, make an offer. We have done deal after deal with sellers who are unmotivated. And what's funny about these sellers is I bet there were a lot of wholesalers behind or before me who probably thought this seller wasn't motivated enough and is just a tire kicker and never gave them the offer. And we were the ones that took them seriously. So make sure everybody gets an offer and ask a lot of detailed questions so you can make an assumption. Now, don't forget to ask when they want to sell. If they say as soon as possible, they can sell, you know, right now, if you had a good offer for them, there is definitely some kind of motivation. If they are ready to sell today, believe me, there is something behind it. So definitely make sure you are asking that question. Now, after you have made some assumptions as to what the motivation is for this seller, Remember to push the pain button. I know that sounds like I'm saying put them through pain. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is make sure that you come up with five different ways that you can solve that problem and just say it really casually every time you talk to the seller. If it has something to do with the tenant, put in the offer that you're going to buy the property with the tenant in place. Don't even bring it up to the seller. Just make the assumption that the seller wants to leave the tenant in place and not deal with it. Or if the property is in very, very rough condition, make sure you stress over and over again, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, I'm going to buy this property as 
is so you don't have to make any repairs. I'm not going to ask you for any credits at escrow because of any, you know, issues that we found during inspection. This is an as is sale. When you give the seller these types of comments, it's going to go into their brain and they're going to instantly feel like, wow, this is somebody that is going to solve my problem and I can trust this person. And she knows what I'm going through. She, she must be a professional because she knows how to handle, you know, someone like me in this situation. These are ways that you can deliver that trust to the seller. And that's it. That is all you have to do to deliver confidence to the seller and get the motivation out of them. And if you want to get started on your wholesaling journey, I want to help you. Go to www.virtualinvestingmastery.com and fill out an application today. Somebody will reach out to you and I cannot wait to have you a part of our tribe. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.